What's going on, Abdullah? How are you doing? Doing pretty well, Lorenzo. How are you doing? I'm doing great. So welcome, everybody, to the uh, NFL show with Loro and Abdullah on the Loro Antonio Sports Talk podcast. I'm your host, Loro Antonio. Today on our NFL show, we're going to do our offseason outlook with the Minnesota Vikings and uh, also talk about some other stuff around the NFL. So let's start off with the Minnesota Vikings. And our question of the day is for the Minnesota Vikings. Will the Vikings be a Super Bowl contending team with Kirk Cousins? Well, as far the way the roster is constructed right now, they're not. Because you can make a legitimate argument, considering the offseason the Packers had and the fact that the Bears won the division last year, that at best right now, they're the third best team in their division. So maybe that changes down the line uh, during the draft. Maybe they can get some offensive linemen which I feel is their biggest need. If they can, if they can address that position then, and maybe get another corner, then perhaps they could be a Super Bowl contender. But as of right now, they're not, in my opinion. Oh, I see. So now another question we have for the Vikings is, did Anthony Barr make the right decision to uh, return to the Vikings after not being committed to your New York Jets? Well, I mean, I would say he made the right decision because he's going back to the team. He's going back to the team that he was on. So from a, from a familiarity standpoint, he's going to be playing. He's going to, he's going to be used in a way where he's probably going to be best utilized as far as the skill sets concerned, because the Vikings know him better than the jets. Like if he came to the jets, there would have been sort of an adjustment period. Just because you're playing with new teammates, you're playing on the new team, new coaching staff, so there would have been an adjustment period. But it's interesting because going back to the Vikings, I believe he took less money as well. So I'm sure there are other factors that came into play outside of just money when he made his decision to go back. Um, I would say, I guess, from a pure football standpoint, he made the right decision because right now the Vikings are better than the Jets. Now, obviously, like if you were buying stock, I would probably invest my money in the Jets. And that's, and that's not just because I'm a fan of the team, but I feel like they have um, – the Jets are probably in a position right now where the, two or three years down the line, they're probably going to be in a better position than the Vikings. Yeah, I can get what you're saying there. So, uh, so now that being said, let's talk about some team needs for the Vikings. I think they need secondary help and they need a defensive tackle since they lost Sheldon Richardson to the uh, – Cleveland Browns. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another need for them would be cornerback. Give Xavier Rhodes some help. Um, Trey Waynes is – he's a good athlete at corner, but there's times – he's very hit or miss. So if they can get another guy to, to help complement him, it would be a huge plus. Uh, safety is another need. Get somebody opposite of Harrison Smith. I mean, they just lost Andrew Sindeo. Um, to the Eagles, and then Georgia Loca is meeting with the Cowboys, so there's a chance they might lose him as well. So safety is another need for them. So yeah, they they have some holes that they need to address. Yeah, you're you're right about that, and uh, and also uh, you're 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 absolutely right about that because the Vikings have a lot of needs to do. That's for sure. So. Uh, 
Now let's talk about uh, some draft targets. I had them drafting Ed Oliver with their first round pick. Well, I'm not sure where they pick. I think it's in the middle of the first round. They're like around. Yeah, like the late. I have them getting Ed Oliver, the defensive tackle from Houston. Well, if a guy like Ed Oliver is available, I wouldn't be surprised if they take him. I just don't think Ed Oliver is going to fall that low in the draft. I think worst case, I think he's going in the top ten. I think worst case scenario, he's off the board by at least sixteen, which is like the top half of the draft. There's no way he's falling that low, in my opinion. Yeah, but but in my opinion, for me, I think he the Vikings at at pick seventeen. I I mean, I guess we can we'll see how it plays out, but I I I think it's very unlikely. But if he is available, I would not be. I I could see the Vikings going after him because he he would definitely be the best player available. So I could see them going after him. Yeah, yes, yeah. I can see where you're going there. So now breakout players for the Vikings in 2019. Um, for me, um, I'm going with Dalvin Cook, and on defense, I'm going with Trey Wings. I mean, it's kind of early to tell, but I would say on offense, it's Brian O'Neill, their right tackle uh, that they ju- they drafted this past season. I'm going to probably have him on on offense now. Defense. It's it's kind of interesting. Uh, I don't know. I, I guess I can agree with your pick, um, but I don't know. It's 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 tough because they they did lose a lot of players and Wayne's. I I don't really see him. I, I'm gonna go with Mackenzie Alexander. Actually, I think he'll probably he he's not gonna be like their number two corner, but I think he'll he'll probably have a much better year. Yeah, I could I could see that happening for sure. Now I could see where you're going with that. That's for sure. So now, uh, with that being said, let's also talk about some news around the league. So let's talk about Justin Houston signing with the Colts. So we'll th- we're going to be talking about the Colts next week. So tell me about this signing. Do you think he's going to provide a good veteran presence and a good compliment to Darius Leonard? Oh, I love the signing. I I actually thought. When your Rams signed Clay Matthews, I thought they made a big mistake not going after Justin Houston. He's a year younger. He's a better player than Clay Matthews. And I think the Colts, it was an excellent signing for them. Um, I think the contract was two years, $16.5 million. So if you compared that contract to what was left on his contract with the Chiefs before they cut him, he was, he was scheduled to make, I think, about $40 million the, the remaining two years of his contract. So they got him for a total of about $23 million and a half less. So that's, that's huge. And also you have the Kansas City connection between him and Chris Ballard because Chris Ballard used to be part of the Chiefs front office. So it makes sense because I think the Colts were also in the running for trading for D Ford, but they ended up backing out of it because the Niners wanted or the Chiefs wanted a draft pick and the Colts didn't want to give that up. And I, I think ultimately they made the right decision going after Justin Houston because – in terms of a commitment, you're not making as long-term of a commitment to Justin Houston as you would have to D Ford because the Niners just gave D Ford a five-year deal. But Justin Houston, he's only on their contract for two years. So let's say he takes a step, uh, a step back next season, you can always move on from him. Or worst-case scenario, he's only on your roster for another year. 
Yeah, that's a good signing for the Colts. I think he provides that good compliment to Darius Leonard. Obviously, this defense of the Colts is built around Darius Leonard. Yeah, I mean, they use him in a lot of different ways. They drop him back in coverage. He rushes the passer sometimes. He plays on the edge. So he he plays the run very well. He's an excellent tackler. So he does a lot for them. Um, I still think, though, in the draft, if they can get another coverage linebacker, to kind of help out Darius Leonard and pair pair with him, I think it would be um, a good it, it would be it would be a good move for them. Yes, I could see where you're going there. So now uh, let's talk about uh, the the new. Let's also talk about Jared Cook signing with the Saints. So I think he provides a good target for Drew Brees, and it could maybe change the Raiders' draft plans when they pick at twenty seven. That's true. I mean, tight end definitely becomes a need now for the Raiders. But for, for the Saints, I love the pick, uh, or the signing, I should say. Um, gives Drew Brees a big physical target, 6'5", can run. There's, I don't think there's many linebackers in the NFL that can guard him, so you're probably going to have to put a safety or corner on him in coverage. But it, it, it helps out a lot because now what the Saints can do from a schematic standpoint, I mean – Imagine having, imagine putting him and Michael Tom, like playing them both inside, having Michael Thomas in the slot and then Jared Cook lined up at tight end. That's a lot of height that you have to deal with for a defense. Like, there's not many teams that, like, you're probably going to have to double one of those guys. Yeah, absolutely. And then I changed my mind on who I have the Raiders getting at 27 now that Jared Cook's off the books. Um, I have them getting Herb Smith Jr. with the 27th pick in the draft because they need a tight end for Derek Carr. Yeah, I mean, I could definitely see that. The, this year's draft has some pretty good tight ends. So he, I could definitely see Irv Smith probably being available at that point. Um, I mean, you've got Hawkinson and you have Noah Fant from Iowa, but It'll be interesting. Uh, I I would say those guys probably aren't going to be available at that point. So I can see them going in that direction. Yeah, because I still have my Patriots getting Noah Fan at 32, you know? Yeah, well, I think it's really going to come down to – I think Fan's the better player. He's better than Irv Smith. So if the Raiders were to pick a tight end, he'd probably – be the one that they pick if he's available over over Irv Smith. They'd probably pick Noah Fant, but um, we'll see because, you know, teams, they value players differently. They evaluate players differently. So there's a lot of factors to consider, scheme fit, um, how they're going to use the players. So it, it really depends. Yeah, absolutely. So now that being said, um, now that being said, now we talked about that. So um, now let's – Let's also talk about your reaction about Max Unger retiring. I mean, it's interesting. It was a little bit abrupt. Um, I, I didn't think he was going to retire. I mean, I don't really know the details as far as the reasoning. You know, so I think he, he played about 10 years in the NFL. You know, that's a pretty good career. And he, he, was, he's one of the, he was one of the best centers in the league during that time period. So I, I guess maybe he's trying to pursue other things in his life. Um, I would say I'm surprised only because I think the Saints are still in position to make one last run at a Super Bowl. So I thought that considering they got so close to the Super Bowl, I mean, they were basically 
less than two minutes away. You can argue one bad call away from potentially getting to the Super Bowl. And I thought, you know, Unger would have wanted to be part of the team this year just to make one last run, but you never know. Yeah, just wondering here. And then also, I would like to get your take on Randall Cobb with the Cowboys. So he adds a different dimension with Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper. So this was a good signing for the Cowboys, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's going to sort of take over the Cole Beasley role as that slot receiver. Um, He's going to give Dak that sort of security blanket, that go-to guy on third downs. I think coupling him with Jason Witten coming back, it's really going to help Dak Prescott because now you have that security blanket in those third down and long situations where let's say the primary read on the play is Amari Cooper and he's not there or if he's double covered, you have a guy that you can come back to on the check down or a, a guy you can come back to in the middle of the field that can, that can make a play for you. So it's, it's a good signing for the Cowboys. Yeah, and I was, speaking of Jason Witten, I was kind of surprised about him leaving the Monday Night Football booth because I thought he had a home there, that good as an analyst on Monday Night Football. But I was kind of surprised that he decided to come out of retirement to play again for the Cowboys for a 16th season. That kind of surprised me. Well, I think sometimes guys, you know, they they retire and then they they kind of get the urge to play football again. Um, I actually didn't mind him. I actually thought ESPN's uh, Monday Night Football coverage this year was was pretty good. I mean, it wasn't it, it wasn't the best. Like I feel like NBC's Sunday Night Football coverage was much better. The the CBS and Fox coverage was much better in my opinion. But I felt like it was much improved. Um, I guess it just comes down to maybe you know he wanted to play football again. Maybe ESPN wanted to go in a different direction or something. I don't really know, but the Cowboys are in a position right now where they are a legitimate contending team. They can make a run at a Super Bowl, and maybe Jason Wynn wanted to be part of it because he hasn't won a Super Bowl. So maybe he wants he he wants another chance at a ring. Yeah, I think that's what led to that. The, the reason why I thought he came out of retirement. Yeah, I mean it, it would make a lot of sense, and and also it's like the Cowboys. Even though, you know, there's usually a lot of drama uh, involving them in the media, but they're a team that players want to play for. Jerry Jones is an owner that players want to play for. So maybe, you know, he just had that itch to get back on the field. And and I'm sure the fact that it was the Cowboys as well, him being a former Cowboy as well, played a factor as well. Yeah, I think that kind of played into the factor that Jason Witten would come out of retirement because I knew he hasn't won a Super Bowl ring. I'm taking it from his perspective. I think I like Jason Witten as a football player. He's a tremendous football player. He's clutch. He's a game changer. He met, he and when Tony Romo was with the Cowboys, him and him and Witten connected. And I think with Dak Prescott there. From his perspective, I think Jason Witten would still be a good help to Dak Prescott's development. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the happiest person on the Cowboys right now is Dak Prescott because not only is Jason Witten coming back, but you got him a really good slot receiver in Randall Cobb who, if he can stay healthy, he's a very, very good slot receiver. So this also is really good for Dak from the standpoint of if he has a really good season this, this, this upcoming year, the Cowboys have a bit of a decision on their hands. They're probably going to have to pay him more than they're willing to. So it's going to, it's going to create an interesting dynamic going forward.
Yeah, I think it's a dynamic that I think the Cowboys have, but I also think that the NFC East is going to be neck and neck this year with Philly and uh, Dallas, but I, I still pick Philly to win that division this year. Number one, because for me, I think Carson Wentz is the better quarterback in that division. Yeah, uh, I, I would agree. Um, I, for me, I think that the, the Eagles are the better team. It's really just going to come down to Carson Wentz's health. If Carson Wentz stays healthy, I think the Eagles are the, the better team in that division, but I wouldn't write off the Cowboys. Like It's going to be one of those where, if I had to guess, it's going to come down to the end of the year as far as who wins the division. I wouldn't be surprised if the Eagles go 11-5 and five and the Cowboys go 10-6 and six or something like that. So it's going to be a tight race for the division. Yes, absolutely. So now uh... – now, with that being said, uh, let's talk about my Patriots now and talk about the Patriot, my Patriots uh, making progress on Stephen Gostowski's new contract. So I think I, I knew that my Patriots would keep Stephen Gostowski and Ryan Allen because they're big parts of our special teams unit. And I also I also really like the Michael Bennett situ Michael Bennett trade as part of my favorite offseason moves for my football teams. Yeah, I mean, special teams is a very underrated part of any football team. Um Part of the reason why, like, if you had asked me right now, if I were to give the Jets a grade as far as their offseason, I probably would give them a B- minus to a B. Um, part of the reason why I didn't give them an A is, obviously, there's players that were out there that I feel like they should have signed that they didn't sign. But also, there are some players I felt that we let go that we should have brought back, such as Andre Roberts, who signed with the Buffalo Bills, and then Jason Myers going to the Seahawks. So... I think the Patriots are – they're probably going to bring back both Gostowski and Ryan Allen. So, to me, that would be a good decision in my in my opinion. Yeah, I think so. But you, you, you also know, Abdul, I told you this the other day that – that my I have three I have three football teams that I follow because you know obviously I follow the Patriots and I follow the Rams since I'm from LA and I also follow the uh, Chargers if if you know what I mean. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Because the reason why I follow three NFL teams is because with the Chargers they're also from LA and I've always been a Philip Rivers fan. You know. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no, I, I've always liked Philip Rivers. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Philip Rivers is definitely one of my favorite quarterbacks as well. I think a lot of people, because he hasn't won a Super Bowl ring, they kind of they put they underestimated Rivers. Yeah, and I was gonna say specifically, you know, if you look at that 2004 draft class, they they always sort of put him a step behind Roethlisberger and Eli Manning because he doesn't have a Super Bowl ring. But if you look at his stats. You can make a legitimate argument he's at least better than Eli. So, Oh, 100% better than Eli for Phillip Rivers. And I don't think Phillip Rivers is better than Tom Brady. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, there aren't many quarterbacks better than Tom Brady. You can argue no one's better than Tom Brady, right? So, Yeah, nobody's better than Tom Brady because Tom Brady's the GOAT. And Tom Brady's – I've always been a – you know me. I've always been a – Huge Tom Brady fan in the Patriots, and I think Tom Brady has a lot of football left in him. Yeah, I mean, it, it'll be interesting. So, yeah, so let's go on to my other favorite offseason move for other than the Patriots. My favorite offseason move for the Rams was, oh, you, you'll like this, that you said to me that that they got Clay Matthews, and I've always loved Clay Matthews, and I'm happy he chose to play for one of my teams, and I'm happy that he's going to be playing in L.A. again. See, the thing is, 
I love Clay Matthews. My only the reason why I don't like the signing is I I see it as sort of like a celebrity signing. Now here's what I mean by that. He's from LA. He went to USC. He's a recognizable face. He's someone that people on like people know. He played for the Packers. Their team has a large following. They're on TV a lot. He's on a lot of commercials. He just isn't the same player he used to be. Um, I just feel like if 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 the Rams were going to adjust the edge or uh, address the edge rusher position, why not go after Justin Houston? He's the better football player. He's a, he's a year younger. He's a better player. Yeah, he would have cost a little bit more, but right now that's not a problem for the for the Rams. You still have Jared Goff on the rookie contract. Go all in. You were at the, you were in the Super Bowl last year. You should be trying to make as many pushes to the Super Bowl as you can. And you by doing that, you do that by bringing in the best available football players. And I just feel like it's not a terrible signing. There's there's positives to it. There's benefits to it. It's just there's better players out there, and I felt like they would have been better off investing their cap space on in another player. But what do you, what do you, what can you do, right? Yeah, what can you do? And let's talk about the Chargers now. And what my favorite offseason move for them as well. I like that they kept Denzel Perriman and Adrian Phillips, and also keeping Brandon Meebane. But I love the addition of Thomas Davis. I, I always like Thomas Davis. Well, the good thing with Thomas Davis is um, he's not the same player he used to be, but it's a good signing from the standpoint of the problem with the Chargers last year on defense was their linebacking core. And by bringing in a veteran presence like a Thomas Davis, he can help coach up some of those younger players like a Jatavis Brown, like a Denzel Perriman, um, Kazir White, like some of those young linebackers that they have. Having a veteran presence like a Thomas Davis would really help them out. And he could still contribute. I mean, he's not the same. He's not a three-down linebacker anymore, but you can use him on occasion. Um, for me, though, my favorite signing for the Chargers is actually Tyrod Taylor. I think he's probably one of the more underrated offseason signings because I really like Tyrod Taylor. Now, I know some people would say he's not a starting quarterback in this league. I think he can, he can win games in this league. Ideally, you'd probably want him as your backup. Because the problem with Tyrod Taylor is you have to play a certain way in order to win football games. But as a backup, I would take him any day of the week. Yeah, Tyrod is a good backup for uh, Phillip Rivers. I think that's a good offseason signing for them. And then when it comes to favorite players on the Chargers, um, it's, it goes like this. Phillip Rivers, Antonio Gates, Melvin Gordon. Keenan Allen, Joey Bosa, Derwin James, Melvin Ingram first, and then Derwin James. And then I think who's going to be in that picture before you know it is Mike Williams. Oh, yeah. He had a great season last year for the Chargers. I mean, that's why they they, they let Tyra Williams go in free agency. But, uh, yeah, the, the Chargers have a great roster. Um, the only thing that really concerns me with them is I think that – and this should probably be their priority in the draft is continue to upgrade the offensive line. Um, I would even explore trade opportunities. Um, I just feel like because the ro- roster is built to win now, if a team is willing to move a top-tier offensive lineman, which is very unlikely because that very rarely happens, I'd give up a first or second-round pick for, for an established veteran offensive lineman just because I feel like you want to maximize Phillip Rivers' remaining years. You want to maximize that window or the, the, the current window that they have at making a run at a Super Bowl. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the Chargers want to win now. I know they want to win now, but 
in my opinion. I think L.A. will be a, both a Rams and Chargers town. Yeah, well, it's it's interesting. I think the Chargers originally were in L.A., like back at the begin, like the inception of the franchise. But L.A.'s always sort of been associated with the Rams. The Rams have always been the more popular team just from a pop culture standpoint. I guess a lot of it is just like – because when the Rams were good – like when the Rams have their good players like their Eric, like the Eric Dickersons, uh, the Jack Youngbloods, like that's when they were in L.A. When the Chargers had their good players, they, they weren't in L.A. anymore. I think they were in San Diego when they had most of their good players. So that's why L.A.'s always, from a football standpoint – They've always been more uh, – they've related better to the Rams. Oh, okay. I get what you're saying, but I just think the Chargers should also be a, a top target in free agency along with the Rams because of L.A. being a bigger market, you know? I mean, it's possible. Um, I think free agents, they're looking mainly – they're going to go to the team that I, I guess gives them the best uh, financial security and the best chance for them to win. I think those are really the two main selling points for any team. Yeah, I, I, I agree. But I'm going to tell you here, when it comes to the AFC West, which we'll talk about pretty soon here, I'm going to go on a limb here because I think the Chiefs will be the number five team in the AFC and still make the playoffs regardless. But I'm going to go on a limb here, and I say the uh, L.A. Chargers are going to win the AFC West. I mean, I certainly wouldn't be surprised because it, 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 came, it came down pretty close last year. Um, for the division, the divisional race came down pretty close, came down to the last week of the season. Um, it really depends because right now you can make an argument. The Chiefs have more question marks on their roster than the Chargers do because the, the Chiefs lost a lot of players in free agency. The, the, the Chargers didn't really lose anyone. So, I mean, the, yeah, they lost Jason Perrette, but they've been playing without him for years now. So that's not, that's not really a loss for them. Um the Chiefs lost some – they lost two good edge rushers, so they're gonna, they have some holes that they need to fill. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I think the Chiefs have holes to fill, but with the Chargers, I think the Chargers are all – yeah, absolutely. So, I'm sorry, could you say that again? Do you think Corey Legion stays for 